0: of the nfl is in our rearview mirror now what's up everybody welcome back to off the bench i'm brandon carney alongside pat gustafson pat i'm confident this show could go six hours if we wanted it to yeah, we're gonna we're try gonna to and pack everything we can We're going to have to be
1: as succinct half. as possible here but this is definitely one of the more robust agendas you know <laughs> but you know we'll we'll kind of figure it out this will this will be a good indication of future weeks you know we'll, we'll yeah. figure out how we can get through these uh through these game recaps I guess with um without keeping you guys here forever
0: yeah I also think that you know week one in particular lends itself to kind of going game by game it's not necessarily something we'll have to do every week we can narrow down to the bigger fantasy headlines but for week one you know it's a matter of which teams met expectations which ones exceeded which ones fell short Pat your team definitely exceeded the Raiders are
1: alone atop the AFC See, West the funny thing was that they, they they did in the sense that they won the game but they didn't by the way they played they were just mid as fuck. But I guess the Broncos were ju- just this much more mid than they were, so that um they, they sneaked it out like there's a Chiefs fan I work with. I walk by and I'm like, I don't know, um check the AFC West standings for me and he goes, one <laughs> game, I'm like, it may be the only one they get. So like let right. like, might let, be let's the only time you can this. Say Let's say pump this the brakes and enjoy this. Yeah, and
0: then, uh, look, my Patriots put up a pretty nice fight there against the Eagles. I think if the if the game didn't start so sloppily, uh, I mean, I felt like the Patriots firmly outplayed Philly from basically the second quarter through the end of the game. But look, it is what it is. Got to clean up some of those mistakes. And Pat, as far as fantasy football is concerned, you and I both escaped week one with a win. So we know. are on a collision course for each other eventually. Maybe we'll match up undefeated. Who knows? Really, but yeah. feeling pretty good about my team overall. Justin Fields maybe the only, you know, not as bright spot. But we will get to that, Pat. Let's just go game by game here. Uh, first, let's just get something big picture here uh, out into the out into the world. So week one, unquestionably weird. Uh, there were, it was, it was just very low scoring. As Scott Hansen pointed out on Red Zone, there were more touchdowns in the late window of games, which included only five games, than there were in the early window of eight games. Um, and then... I believe the total touchdowns for week one this year, it was like 62 or so, 60, because I was listening to fantasy footballers and they said 59, and that was before Monday Night Football was played. So somewhere in low 60s. The year before, it was in the 70s, and then the year before yeah. that, it was 88 touchdowns were scored in week one. So definitely on the lower side. And if you if your fantasy team underperformed, this is a contributing factor for sure.
1: Absolutely, and like we were, I was talking to some some people, but saying like, which teams like truly looked good this week and like right there were probably only like three yeah (laughs) like that you could truly say like San Francisco Miami I guess Detroit you would probably put next in that list of teams that looked like actually good but I mean hey half the league won their games but like you said there there is something interesting fantasy wise in all of these matchups but the thing to I guess a disclaimer is that like these things are all going to change too Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so many things that we're going to talk about this week, we're going to say this guy's the RB1. Week five could be completely different. So like, especially like with your waivers clearing tonight, don't go crazy. I guess we'll talk about some of those guys as we get there. But like, don't go crazy, especially if you have like fab money. Don't, Don't blow your load on week one here,
0: folks. No, definitely not. I mean, look, week one is always tricky because the NFL season in itself is a pretty small sample, right? I mean, there's only 17 games that get played, so it's you, trying to figure out what is fool's gold and what is something to act on after just a week of the NFL season is tough, so, but we're going to try and do that for you guys. Let's go to Chiefs-Lions first of all. First game of the season, Pat. I believe I we both predicted, actually, that the Lions would win this game once we found out that Travis Kelsey was out, knowing that Chris Jones yeah. was out. I still didn't feel great about that prediction but it did come true uh, so I should have hammered I made the money it.
1: line man I hammered plus four and I mean it worked yeah. out but I should have hammered that money line man
0: absolutely and but from a fantasy perspective I think there were a few things to take away from this uh number one first and foremost for me Pat is that Jameer Gibbs is going to be just fine I've, I've had people I've already seen panicking and I'm instant just like, panic in instant panic and it's like look as much as we didn't want to believe Dan Campbell when he said he was going to ease Jameer Gibbs in, it's exactly what he did. Jameer Gibbs only played, I believe it was 27% of the snaps in this game. But if you watch this game, the dude looked great. And Pat, as a David Montgomery owner, I know you don't want to hear this, he looked mid as fuck. You, I yeah. mean, you have him for the touchdowns, and he's going to keep yeah. getting those throughout the See, year. See, that's, that's the nothing thing. Nothing special. And-
1: As a David Montgomery owner, I'm not that worried about him either. No, you shouldn't be. Because he's going to do as advertised. Because, again, realistically, he was kind of advertised as a better Jamal Williams. And he's going to get those opportunities. This offense looked really good still. But Jameer Gibbs, the panic is insane. He was so explosive with the football, whether it was running the ball or catching the ball out of the backfield, with the touches he got. And, again, there's really not... You know, you've got Marvin Jones fumbling the ball. Like, there's a lot of targets up for grabs on this team outside of Amon Ross-St. Brown. So, you know, it may not even happen this next week, but I I think we're going to see a pretty reasonable jump here in Week 2 even. But if you've got Jameer Gibbs, don't worry at all because, like, the dude's a stud. You know, I think everyone knew what he was capable of, and he clearly showed that in the small sample size. So, obviously, you're disappointed Week 1, but don't worry about it and again if you're a David Montgomery owner too I mean enjoy it I enjoyed this week but um, don't worry about again like this is this backfield is gonna work out the way that we thought it did basically yeah I mean look rookies
0: get eased in it is what it is I had one per- specific person in my Twitter mentions and I know I shouldn't target what one person saying because it's, it doesn't reflect I hope the majority of people but they were like you have to go off of the evidence that you've been given and it is time to panic and, and blah 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 like you can't go off of speculation I'm like it's not speculation to say that Jameer Gibbs role is going to increase that is that is what we call informed fact like we know Kim that's Campbell going to happen
1: it, that is fact yeah
0: we know that's going to happen and my, my reply to him was oh then you must have been really surprised when Justin Jefferson was not very good for the first I don't even remember what it was I know he wasn't good week one I don't remember how long it took him to catch on but week one he didn't do anything in his re- year and then he popped off for the rest of the season so like when it comes to these rookies if they pass the eye test they're on good team just relax and if anybody in your league you know if you have any leagues where the Jameer Gibbs owner is panicking go get that man now oh my god probably not gonna be too many probably not gonna be too many leagues out there where that's happening I hope but if it is go get him I'd
1: argue there is no better buy low in the entirety of fantasy football right now than Jameer Gibbs
0: no question. And then, Pat, as we've got the Kansas City Chiefs on the other side of the field, I almost don't think there's that much to say about this team no. right now. They obviously miss Travis Kelsey. And the one thing that we did learn, and I don't believe this is an overreaction, is you're not going to be able to trust a Kansas City Chiefs receiver all season long. We suspected that might be the case coming into the year. We talked about it because they you couldn't trust a receiver on that team last year. And Juju Smith-Schuster was a more proven receiver than anybody on this team right now. Sky Moore, look, better days are going to be ahead for him. He didn't quite have as many mind-boggling drops, as Kadarius Tony did. It was more Stinks. so... Stinks! Yeah, just more so balls that sailed either over his head or were short or whatever. I think he'll be better. But again, he's not going to be consistent. You are no. not going to be able to rely on any Chiefs wide receiver. So just, if you've got Travis Kelsey, hold him tight when he comes back. But that's really all you've got I, this I will right
1: say, now. though, uh, Rashi Rice is, at the very least, a great dynasty pickup. If he's not yes. already taken in your league... I think there's a realistic chance that we see him towards the end of the year, but yeah, Kadarius Tony was brutal. Just I saw tweets <laughs> where it's like Kadarius Tony better be a fry cook by the end of the week. Like, the <laughs> slander was unreal, but it was justified. The dude was yeah. so bad, big drops in big situations, and again, Skymore was disappointing. But like, I really hope you weren't starting Skymore even without Travis Kelsey. Like. You would think the only chief outside of Patrick Mahomes that was even startable going into the week was Isaiah Pacheco, which mm. I, I texted Bran after the first I wasn't even watching the game. I was just watching Gamecast. And when I saw Clyde Edwards-Alaire take the first snap, uh, I, I almost just I, I don't know what I did, but I was just like <laughs> <laughs> furious. But turns out Pacheco is the lead back there. He did look better. The thing that I really loved, I believe Pacheco had like four or five targets, yeah, which was you know a little more so than, um, you know, what he would kind of get last year. Jarek McKinnon wasn't a factor, so mm. again with Pacheco, I again the ceiling is is c- consistent ceiling is not there. He's going to have weeks where he pops, but like again, a guy like Isaiah Pacheco, like you're going to be happy when he gets you like eight nine points in a game, realistically speaking, um, yeah. Uh, but but again, so so you saw some decent things, but again, no reason to panic there. Like I almost did, but outside of Patrick Mahomes right now, I mean, as an Isaiah Pacheco owner, I'm confidently starting him again in week two. But like, there is nobody else, unless Travis Kelsey comes back, of course, that I'm starting in this offense right now.
0: No, definitely not. The Chiefs showed how much they miss Travis Kelsey in Week 1. We'll see if we get him back for Week 2. Pat, we kind of got a... I don't think there's really any rhyme or reason to the way these games are ordered. I think I ordered the games on our little show sheet here and just how interesting I found them. And then them I be, just went and
1: started throwing them in. So yeah, I got.
0: just kind of threw stuff in. But either way, we're going to get through every game. Next up, we've got the Bengals and the Browns. So this one... I think probably the biggest shocker of the week. <laughs> um, the Bengals, I don't know if they missed the bus or what happened, but they did not show up for this game. Now, granted, the weather was bad. You know, even, even the Browns didn't play very well either, but they put up 24 points. The Bengals put up three. Joe Burrow and
1: his receivers did nothing. A terrible T. Shot. Higgins literally did nothing. T. Higgins was out yeah. there getting cardio. Who's like, sick? like they, by far the worst performance of the week. Even Like, of course, it's the worst performance compared to their expectation, but just in general. Just yeah. looking at it, if you didn't know anything about any of the teams and you're just basing it on performance, they were the worst team in Week 1 by a considerable amount. They were miserable. and But I guess we're going to say this again, but, like, they're going to be fine. You know, yeah. it just sucks if you if, if you have them. This guy, same guy in our league has Burrow and T. Higgins. Uh, he he didn't win this week. Uh, Mr. Deggs, if you're listening, I don't think he's listening today. But, um... <clears throat> But yeah, so, uh, you know, I would not worry about the Bengals, but God, was that tough to watch, man. Like, you know, and like you said, the Browns was um was kind of not great to watch either. But I will say one thing that I did like from what I saw there was Elijah Moore's involvement there. You know, he was running routes on 80% of, of plays there, so... And a guy who didn't perform well, so you could buy really low on him. You may be able to pick him off off waivers, if anything, too. So, but yikes.
0: Yeah, a game that it's tough to draw any conclusions from because, you know, Joe Burrow, look, I don't know if this is just what he does in week one now, or he's awful, because last year he did the same thing he threw four picks against the Steelers and he didn't play in the preseason last year either so this is kind of a theme it seems like Joe Burrow's kind of using week one as almost a preseason game and getting warmed up here look you should not be worried about Joe Burrow you should not be worried about Jamar Chase this whole team is going to give you the same stuff that they've been giving you for the last two or three seasons like do not worry about it and if you look at the Browns it's like the I guess the biggest bright spot other than like Nick Chubb who just did what we all expect him to do you know Deshaun moved it a little bit with his legs but even he and again, we don't know if he's any good either, but he wasn't he didn't do anything statistically through the air that blew you away either. He had like 151 yards passing. So I think the rain really dampened this. It reminds me of a, a lesser version of the Niners-Bears game to open last year, where you almost just can't take anything away from it and you kind of just have to wait until next year. The only thing you or next year, next week, um, the only thing you can take away from it is like usage for players. But again, the only guy you already touched on, Elijah Moore, that was the only one with question usage anyway. Like that was the only one we were waiting for an answer on. Yeah. And everybody else. We know what they're going to do. So,
1: in the in the other thing is, guys, don't look exclusively at the box score, no. because like you'll see here that Jerome Ford played almost fifty percent of the snaps. Those were all in garbage time. Like, there are going to be multiple cases this week of running backs getting these young running backs getting comparable stats of their snaps to their starters. But you've got to look at the game script there, and that's the same thing. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb looked good though. Yeah, again, he. I mean, again, also involved more in the passing game a bit, So, um, yes. and that was the, his whole selling point this year, was like, hey, this is going to be the same Nick Chubb who arguably may be the best runner, pure runner in the game, with more passing upside, so I think that's trending in the right direction too.
0: Absolutely. The only concern here coming out of this game for the Browns, I would say, is Jack Conklin is going to miss the season with a torn ACL, the Browns star left tackle. Yeah. So that is going to be a big knock for them. Look, as a Nick Chubb owner, am I thrilled about this? No. And sorry, I said left tackle, right tackle. Am I thrilled about this? No, but it's Nick Chubb. He's going to be just fine. Uh like it's a it's a it's a nick to his value, but don't worry too much about Whoa. it. <laughs> I, I didn't even mean to do that. Uh, uh, okay. I, I really – I swear. Okay, Dolphins Chargers. Pat, you are a Tyreek Hill owner. Oh, my God. How are God. we feeling about that right now?
1: Dude, I, I I could not feel better about it. The dude is just so good. He is a matchup nightmare somehow just despite not being any kind of – even like in that, that catch in the end zone, which Tua just like – Almost basically just walked up there and handed him the ball. That was an <laughs> amazing throw. The throw to get them down the field and then the throw in the end zone were both just dots. But that's who I'm more impressed with. Honestly, is Tua. Yeah. You know, he was my Pat quarterback on Pat's pal's team and you know outside you know he looked great he, he he was one of the better performances of week 1 it seems like i was reading some stuff i think it was from Stefania Bell just about like his mobility after the hip surgery and that he you know he looked he looked more mobile he was throw, he had that great throw on the run to Tyreek there i was all in on this dolphins offense um getting into the year and i am you know more than more than i was before i i would say i am Further in on them, I love Tyreek Hill. I think, you know, again, not to make a crazy reaction because I don't want to jinx the guy, but I think there's a realistic chance that he could be end the year as the number one wide receiver, even over Justin Jefferson.
0: No, I, I don't think that's unreasonable at all. I, I think, you know, we knew, we knew what kind of a stud Tyreek Hill was. We know he has this type of game. In his uh in his bag so to say like i, w- I would have been surprised if I didn't see a game like this from him at some point during the season just a surprise and a pleasant one for his owners that it came in week one uh, i can't say you know I expect it to continue all year and be not. on pace for i believe 3200 uh thirty four hundred receiving yards that would, yeah. so you know that'd be kind of a lot him, him uh, and Tua
1: would both smash the single season record if they rep- <laughs> replicated this every, on a weekly basis
0: every record possible yeah every record possible yeah Tua is the one I was impressed by Pat because he was a guy you know i've been very very uh skeptical in, in on, fairly and,
1: too like that's it was fair. Yeah,
0: but it, it he is look he's one of the most accurate passers in the NFL. I still don't know that I'm like super sold on his like I guess creativity and just be able to make something out of nothing. But like you don't necess- you don't need to do that when you have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle as your receivers. Like I, as much as I want to penalize him in my head and in my rankings for having those guys as his receivers, like he uses them maybe as well as any quarterback in the league could. That's the thing.
1: Like, yeah, like
0: he steers the ship. Use them. Yeah, he steers the ship just incredibly well. So Tua is a guy that I think, you know, fantasy owners, unless you are in the worst of the worst of matchups defensively, uh, you could probably throw Tua out there and, and feel pretty good about it just because the receivers he's got, I mean, he's going to make it work.
1: And again, another face palm of just Savon Ahmed taking the first carry out of that backfield as well. But Did he? I didn't know he took the first carry. I, I it was in the first drive, I saw most He was out, out there. there a lot. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Sivan again, Ahmed. again, that backfield is still just uh, Mike. Uh, Mike McDaniel is basically just like Kyle Shanahan, light, who is the predecessor. You know, who is the descendant of his father, who was the ultimate running back troll. So just take it all with a pinch of salt. Doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. And then Pat on the
0: Chargers side. Look, Justin Herbert was okay, but Austin Eckler is still Austin Eckler. The only concern with him now is he's dealing with an ankle injury, so we will have to monitor his status heading into Week Two. Uh And Josh Kelly looked really good. Must, so, must
1: add.
0: Absolutely must of, add.
1: Regardless of Eckler's health, like even if Eckler was healthy, I'd still say add him. But the fact that his health is in question, I think if you have the number one pick or uh, number one waiver claim and he's available. Or you know a decent amount of fob money, you know jo- Joshua Kelly should be a priority because even forever Eckler has said that like he kind of wants another running back there with him, and yeah. he could even get a reasonable amount of run there even with Eckler. But if Eckler's out, oh my God, Kelly's a Kelly's a must start in yeah. in Eckler's absence right now. Yeah,
0: Eckler, one of the most dynamic running backs in football, and friend of the pod. Uh, I was gonna say noted Josh- <laughs> noted off the bench guest Austin Eckler. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But no, there's there's absolutely been a a slot for a guy like Josh Kelly to emerge. It's just the Chargers have never found an early down back, you know, since Melvin Gordon left that they felt comfortable giving meaningful work to. I think Josh Kelly may have finally taken that step forward. He's been around for a few years now on this Chargers team and looked really, really good. So yeah, whether Eckler's out there or not week, uh, week two, Josh Kelly's a guy that needs to be not on your waivers, whether you pick no. him up or somebody else does. He's hey, got to be on a
1: team. Yeah. Did you think you were going to mention Melvin Gordon in today's podcast? Did you think you were going to do it twice? <laughs> no because it's gonna no, happen again folks no. for some reason but no i didn't I... <laughs> and, and, and then yeah <laughs> and then the other thing about the chargers too is that kind of i guess as expected in line with what they do they spread the ball around a lot <clears throat> they everybody was getting in on it uh keenan allen really looked the best again quentin johnston you know only two catches for nine yards on three targets there I think everyone. The expectation was that he was kind of going to be eased in anyway. He would be more of a like a Christian Watson kind of guy. I don't think he'll be as good as Christian Watson was last year. But you know, like a stash him and hope that you see something from him towards Mm -hmm. the end of the year. So uh, a pretty standard there. But I mean, again, you've got to start if you've got Keenan Allen, if you've got Mike Williams, like like you still have to. You know, like these are guys that are still very viable starts but if if it's just going to be like how many different receivers caught a ball there nine different pass catchers caught a pass so like that's a yeah. lot again we talked about gerald everett um yeah i guess you don't really need to own gerald everett anymore there will be some better tight end options that we'll talk about but yeah just a, a lot of mouths to feed right now and um again guys will emerge maybe guys will get hurt who knows but um yeah bit bit messy Yeah,
0: overall, though, that game was everything we wanted it to be. I mean, 36-34, to the over-under, I believe, was at like 49.5 or 50, and it zoomed past that. So absolutely great game there. Uh, Just a note, too, on just the quarterback's big picture. So Justin Herbert ended up finishing with like 20 or so fantasy points, uh, but he was really the only one out of the highly drafted quarterbacks that did what you expect. I mean, Trevor Lawrence wasn't bad either, uh, but – the The overarching theme of week one is don't panic if you drafted a stud quarterback, quote unquote, and they didn't do very well week one, because you are not alone. Like, it was, obviously, Mahomes did well on Thursday, but even he didn't crack the 20-point mark because Kelsey wasn't out there and his receivers have stone hands. Like, th- th- so many quarterbacks were just not good week one. Justin Herbert saved his fantasy day with a rushing touchdown. That was how he managed to get past the 20-point mark, but just in general... Don't panic on the quarterbacks. Better days are ahead. But, Pat, Texans-Ravens. So I actually watched most of this game alongside Red Zone because uh, my girlfriend is a Texans fan, so we kind of wanted to see what CJ Stroud was up to. Yeah, me too. We wanted to see what CJ Stroud was up to. I was curious about Nico Collins, as I am an investor in him in fantasy. I also wanted to see what the new-look Ravens would look like. Pat, the new-look Ravens looked Looked pretty fucking bad. They looked real bad. Um, Look, I know Mark Andrews was missing. There was really only one bright spot on this Ravens team in Week One, and it was Zay Flowers, who had a ninety-eight percent target share. I think I'm yeah, kidding, he, but it was like, what was it forty-six percent? That's yeah, unheard of. Was, it's unheard of for any player, let alone a rookie in his first ever by, game. By
1: the way, folks, a lot of a lot of this, um, the the fantasy life. Uh, Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life, they have a utilization chart, and it is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely great information. And looking at it right now, he ran 93% of routes, and holy shit, he had a 50% target share. I told you. No, it
0: was unreasonably high. Well,
1: unfortunately, Isaiah likely was a non-factor. Was a complete non-factor, much to my dismay there, because he was basically like a plug-and-play. Like, I picked him up thinking, like, if Andrews doesn't play, I'm going to play him, and it's going to be great, because he had great numbers with him last year. I mean, numbers in Andrews' absence last when, year. When Andrews was but out, yeah. it was just a bad day for that offense. There were more targets. Honestly, like if Andrews misses this week again, um, which, it, again, it uh, it didn't seem like he was going to miss last week, I'm I'm fine with running back Isaiah likely. Like I think that that would not be the worst thing to do. But, yeah, Zay Flowers look, looked fantastic. And, you know, uh, one of a late-round darts. I took a lot of late-round darts on Rashad Bateman. He will be taking late round trips to waivers and all of those yeah. because it seems that he is probably the number three wide receiver. In addition to a returning Mark Andrews,
0: yeah, and, and I will say one thing about the Ravens' like struggles other than Zay Flowers is. I don't think this Texans defense is bad. Look, you've got D'Amico Ryan oh, there as a head coach. He's there coming out, coming out of San Francisco, known for their defense, brought a few pieces with him. Um, I don't think they're that bad. I mean, Field Yates called it before the season. He said this was going to be, I believe, a top 10 unit this season, and – I just don't don't go in or don't come out of this game with your reaction being, oh, my God, the new look Ravens couldn't do anything against the Texans. Like what the Texans may be at least a top half of the. they're at least not going to be a
1: rollover and die defense like exactly in the
0: past. Exactly. So when you combine, you know, it's week one, there may be some rust, their best weapon wasn't out there, and the Texans' D might actually be good, I wouldn't panic about the Ravens. Unfortunately, the biggest headline to come from the Ravens in this game was J.K. Dobbins going down with a torn Achilles. Um, Pat, it sucks to say J.K. Dobbins, as we know him, is probably done here. Second major injury. Achilles are
1: harder to come back from. In, in probably what the only significant Achilles tear this week, I believe. I don't think. Yeah, I, remember, I don't. So. I don't think there was another <laughs> so, one. Uh, um, if, I, if
0: I remember one later on, we'll we'll go over yeah, it. We'll, but, we'll, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll bring
1: that up for you guys. But it's going to be hard for him to come back from that. At least we saw Cam Akers, you know, coming back from that Achilles. He looked horrible for you know in his imminent return from that. And but again, again, this backfield is going to be a mess. <clears throat> no, I'm staying I mean, away. <laughs> if. If I have to pick someone, which I am not, you know, like I'm really not going to, you know, if I'm not using valuable, you know, uh, capital and waivers, but I would, I would have Justice Hill out of the three guys because one, he was getting the goal line carries over a guy like Gus Edwards, who has mm. exclusively been a short yardage guy in his career. Gus Edwards has not caught a pass in the NFL in like three years. The dude is useless in passing down situations. <clears throat> And in the preseason, like, when Dobbins was was holding out and then when he didn't come off, it was Justice Hill running with the first unit and then Gus Edwards. That said, there's going to be some Gus Edwards. There's going to be some Gus Edwards. <clears throat> but, like, if you need someone to, like, start... Like, that was my first thought was, like, when Dobbins got hurt, I have the first waiver claim in our league. I'm like, oh, Justice Hill, great. And then as the game went on, I was like, uh-uh. Like, I'm not going to do that. But that said, like... I think Justice uh, Justice Hill is worth an ad. I guess Gus Edwards is worth an ad, but I wouldn't use any kind of, val- even less valuable things. Like, I heard someone today say that they would use more fab money on Melvin Gordon than oh, they would on Gus so. Edwards. There's Melvin Gordon again. That was a, That's such a funny John Harbaugh quote. It's like, we don't need to add a running back. Why do you think we have Melvin Gordon? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, that they're was, all set. But yeah, I mean, if you're expecting there to be a consistent, you know, prominent guy in this backfield in terms of fantasy points. You know, change your tamper your expectations there. That that's that's not going to happen. But again, like, if you, if you're really desperate, throw a you know throw a dart at one of these guys. What happens if it doesn't work out? Drop him But like, yeah, uh, if I have to have one, I I, I would go Justice Hill.
0: I'll be honest, Pat, I think this backfield is mostly a stay away for me, but I would go Gus Edwards over Justice Hill. I I hear what you're saying about the goal line usage. I mean, look, he did score two touchdowns in this game. But he looked awful, though, on there, like eight for nine, right? Look, eight carries for nine yards. And here's the thing. I don't pretend to know what the Ravens are thinking as far as how they deploy their personnel. I find it hard to believe that they're going to consistently use 5'10", 200-pound Justice Hill on the goal line. Line over 6'1, 238 pounds. Well, that's why I was shocked. That's in the how first it transpired place. in week one. That's how it transpired in week one. I'm going to, I'm just going to bet on that being somewhat circumstantial, whatever the circumstances may have been in, in the Ravens coaching staff's mind, and assume that Gus Edwards will generally be getting those looks. But I really don't think you're going to find a whole lot of value here the value that you might find and maybe i'm putting too much stock in this this guy still but would be if they brought in a guy like kareem on i think he would probably get the most high value touches but if they just have you know a melvin gordon or a just a Kenyon drake again or something Stop like, it. just just we're not just stay away from this but I speaking
1: just, of those yeah. guys like we have seen several underwhelming running backs do well in that backfield Devontae freeman um, latavius murray Gus Edwards, excuse me. Like we've we've seen guys do well in this system, in in you know whether it's Greg Roman, whether it's Todd Munkin, it's it's gonna. But again, it's just like there's just nobody that that's gonna stand out. And the other thing about Gus Edwards, he's almost twenty nine. Like he's not this spring chicken anymore. He's basically dead. Who, that's a, yeah, Who's who's also had um you know also had a significant ACL injury there. So. But moral of the story, it's so funny. There's something that we've talked about at such length. I would say just stay away from your starting lineup at least. But if you want to go and get some of these guys, obviously you might be really desperate. So, yeah.
0: Don't start – don't start Gus Edwards. He's he's casket shopping because he's he's dead. Um, okay, the Texan side of things, look, Damian Pierce was pretty underwhelming, uh, but I, I would say I'm not super worried about him going forward from a usage perspective. Uh I think the most surprising thing here was Robert Woods. And maybe it shouldn't be. It I shouldn't mean, have been. That's he, the he's, thing. He's the highest paid receiver on this team. I think I was caught between okay, is he is he there as like uh just a veteran presence who's not gonna play super consistently? But Crazy number of targets, Pat. I will say I was baffled to see the final box score and see that Nico Collins out-targeted him. I don't. Someone it, fucked up. There's it no way. There was definitely
1: Woods more early on. There was a I, lot of Robert Woods. I felt Woods like at the Robert onset. Woods was
0: targeted 25 times in this game. But anyway, what are you, what are you going to do from fantasy from this team? I feel like. Robert Woods, look if you're if you're desperate in a PPR league, he's definitely on the radar because of just volume alone. I think it was encouraging for Nico Collins. though. Oh, because, I think again, me, oh, the I targets loved, were there, and he's actually a touchdown threat, and he's actually yep. you know not going casket shopping with Gus Edwards like Robert Woods is because yep. they're both a million
1: years old. Apparently, I, I uh, loved what Nico's I saw from guy. Nico Collins though. Same, same, more targets than Robert Woods, granted by one same number of catches, more production, and again just a younger, better wide receiver and. Again, there's a lot of um, there was not a lot like like Dalton Schultz ran like almost a hundred percent. He was out there all the time. I I don't know what the hell he was doing out there. He only got two catches for four yards. But again, this is another team. Ten different pass catch. Well, one of them was C J. Stroud on that batted pass. So I guess nine different pass mm-hmm. catchers caught a C.J. Stroud pass. So again, it's a little messy. Nico Collins is really the only guy I am owning. Mm -hmm. um with any onus of like hey i think i might be able to start this guy either soon or down the road
0: yeah nico's a guy that i i mean i probably won't pull the trigger but he's interesting this week against indy indy who just got destroyed by calvin ridley and look nico collins is not calvin ridley but he's very talented very young like I would not be surprised if he had a very nice game this week, and I'm tempted to throw him in my flex. He's in consideration with guys like Raheem Moster and Jahan Dotson. Dotson had an underwhelming week one. So, uh, look, I I think Nico Collins is probably your best investment on this team, uh, if you're looking for one, other than Damian Pierce, who, again, I think he'll be fine. Um, But... Yeah, the Texans showing a little bit of promise. I didn't think Stroud looked too bad there.
1: Uh, okay, Especially after not looking fantastic in the preseason as well.
0: <laughs> right, absolutely. Um, okay, we've got Eagles-Patriots. So, again, as a Patriots fan, I was very excited about how they looked. Pat, I'll tell you what I didn't see coming from week one. Was Mac Jones being the QB2 in Fantasy of the Week, behind Tua tonga Loa So, Mac Jones, QB2, 24-some-odd, 24-some-odd points, uh, Mac Jones... Facing uh, Jalen Hurts, who was very underwhelming, and this game was another one with a star quarterback—not Mac Hurts—that you know you just got to not panic about. And I think the Patriots' defense is just—it's—it's pretty damn good. And I think that's kind of—I don't think, yeah, I don't think anyone ever doubted that. Yeah. So the Patriots' defense proving to be. Uh, Kind of a nightmare, hopefully, for the rest of the season, at least as a Patriots fan perspective, for opposing quarterbacks. Christian, Christian Gonzalez really impressed me there, especially down the stretch. But let's see. Fantasy takeaways here. Patriots offense. I don't really know if you trust anybody here. I I think the best bet here is, you know, with a desolate tight end wasteland, maybe Hunter Henry, because I think there's going to be scoring opportunities. We mentioned it all off season that this should just be a more well-oiled offense. And if if it is, Hunter Henry... Since he signed in New England has been the guy that they look for in the red zone. He is a matchup nightmare. He's just yeah. he's bigger than the guys guarding him 99% of the time. So I think he's the best bet. Juju barely played. Don't chase Kendrick Bourne's stat line from this
1: past week and that's just yeah. where I'm Kendrick at. Kendrick Bourne's another guy where like if you want to pick him up, go for it, but again, I would not be using top of the line fob. I mm-hmm. would not be using a high waiver claim on him unless your league does it where it's like reverse order and or whatever then <clears throat> then sure. Yeah. Which is Bad and stupid, by the way. Your league should not be doing that. <laughs> but, I'm, but, um, but I, I guess. But yeah, uh, Hunter Henry again. The only thing is that it, that's you know again such a touchdown dependent position though. But you want to see a little better usage out of him. Like he, he mm-hmm. caught five balls only on six targets. Yeah, and obviously the touchdown. But again, he was the tight end one on the week, was he not? I believe he was. Uh, so, yeah. The the tight end landscape. Right? Oh, tight end was, was one. It of the was worst. him, and
0: then Hayden Hurst. Hayden was Hurst number, was number Some about these H initials. They were just
1: dominating the week. So yeah, he, yeah. Hunter the, Henry was number the, one. But yeah, so I, I guess if you're really desperate at tight end, but like, like I, I guess the question is like, what is desperate at tight end? Because I feel like everybody kind of is. Like obviously Kelsey and Andrews will hopefully be back soon and Kittle, but um. <clears throat> but um uh but yeah but besides that um it's uh it's so rough i, I guess, again i guess i guess hunter henry sure is is a fine guy to look to but Nothing He's. A, he, I'll put it this inspiring. way.
0: He's a guy I'm thinking about because as a Sam Laporta slash Juwan Johnson owner, look, I thought Sam Laporta looked pretty good Thursday night. He got great usage, especially lining up out wide a lot, which is ideal when you're looking at a tight end. You want them hit them to have those looks where they are essentially a wide receiver on the field. Juwan Johnson ended up with even fewer yards than Laporta. They were at like 39 and 36 respectively. So look. Hunter Henry is going to be a zero risk. There's no question about it. But exactly. he's also he's also as good of a touchdown bet as you're probably going to find outside of the elite tight end. So if you're willing to stomach that, I mean, like Pat, I mean, we're in non PPR. I got three point nine from Laporta on what I thought was good usage. Is that really going to help me that much? I got point no. four from Isaiah Likely. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like if I can get a guy who might instantly get me six, like that—that's tempting in a way. So uh, the other takeaway I think for the Patriots was just how involved Ezekiel Elliott was. Ramondre Stevenson, you know, kind of racked up some points there toward the end. Uh, had a big screenplay that he took for a, a ton of yards. It proved pretty quickly that Ramondre Stevenson obviously is the better running back in this backfield. But Zeke is going to get used quite a bit. Uh, we didn't have. You know, a ton of goal line situations to see what, what will happen there. We presume that it'll be Zeke there. But look, Zeke got used a lot, and I would not be surprised if he was a flex option uh, going forward just for, for touchdown potential, but also between the 20s usage, which he was used a lot more than I anticipated. But he kept five passes, I think? Yeah, he was, he was used a lot, and I remember getting frustrated because I was like, he's so slow. Please put yeah, Ramondre. Yards, <laughs> for, use Ramondre or use Ty Montgomery. I don't care. Uh, Zeke will serve his purpose. I just don't know that that's his ideal purpose. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, on the other hand, look, Devonta Smith looked good, scored a touchdown. A.J. Brown did what he did. 79 yards. I mean, it was just that, that's a normal non-touchdown
1: game for A.J. Brown. I believe in the whole first half, like they had targeted Quez Watkins and Kenneth Gainwell and DeAndre Swift more than they had targeted mm. Brown and Smith combined. Like. Don't do that yeah but yeah. you know it, it kind of corrected itself in uh, Smith in particular turned out turned out to have a really nice line <clears throat> but uh, obviously you know what you're gonna get from those two Dallas Goddard did not exist like no. might not have even been out if you didn't watch the game and you told if I and you told me he didn't wasn't there at all I, I would have believed you I'd have no evidence to <clears throat> suggest otherwise the backfield <laughs> the Ooh. fucking backfield. The Kenneth Gainwell reports, I guess for now, were true. Yeah, that he was the lead back. Um, Rashad Penny, inactive, a Mm. healthy scratch. And man, like, is DeAndre Swift like the Charlie Brown of the NFL at this point, man? Like, somebody just used the poor kid. No, apparently they just refused to use
0: DeAndre Swift. Um, yeah, for, for all the talk and I mean, the Eagles put it out themselves, listing four guys as co-starters on their depth chart. One of them's inactive. One, one, yeah. one of them barely played. Like uh, I think Boston Scott. Honestly, I don't remember seeing him on the field much, but I assume he had more touches than DeAndre Swift. Otherwise, it was just Kenneth Gainwell got literally every touch. Um, yeah, Gainwell's Swift had the guy two here.
1: touches. Scott had two touches. Yeah, one e- okay. one carry each,
0: one reception oh each. This was really dominant for Kenneth Gainwell. Then I'll be I'll be very curious to see if this persists throughout the year or if the the penny inactive is like a a, a game script game plan specific type. of call. I, I don't
1: think it's gonna last. I'll say it. Like, yeah,
0: I don't know. Kenneth don't know Gainwell is this. nice.
1: If like if obviously fantasy football is a weekly game, you need to win on a weekly basis. And so right now your focus should be on winning next week. And Kenneth Gainwell will help you help you win next week most likely. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a long-term play. I really don't because at the end of the day, like, this guy's just not fat and good of a runner. Like, his yards after contact are bad. Like, he's just not – he's a good pass catcher, but, like, doesn't go out and put up these gaudy numbers – I think eventually, you know, DeAndre Swift is going to incorporate himself more and more into this offense. And it still wouldn't shock me if Rashad Penny does. Um, if you've got a really deep bench, hang on to him. Obviously, if you need that bench spot, especially like if he's an active this next week, you can get rid of him. But I, I still wouldn't put it past him to be a factor. Because like, he's at least the most talented that we've seen, at least from him in that backfield. And he's a healthy scratch. Over Boston Scott, but but again, yeah. If you need a guy this coming week, like if you had J.K. Dobbins, and you need someone to fill in for him in your starting lineup, I think Kenneth Gainwell is good. But just don't be surprised six weeks down the line if you're you know you're not happy about that investment you made in him.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Look, put it this way. If Kenneth Gainwell is on your wire, uh he also should not be. I mean, you're oh, getting of course, of the Lions, yeah, the lion's share of touches in one of the best offenses in football behind the best offense of in touches. football. So, whatever. So, Kenneth Gainwell, apparently the guy there. Uh, but look, if this is all the Eagles, like, have in their backfield, if they're going to – they don't like Rashad Penny enough to make him active and Boston Scott's getting two touches and they don't like DeAndre Swift and Gainwell looks just kind of okay or – I mean, he looked pretty good to start the game, but it was nothing groundbreaking. Uh, wouldn't shock me if this was a team that, again, goes after Jonathan Taylor when when that time comes. So, Who knows? That could happen. Keep your eyes. Keep your eyes. Keep your third eye open as far as that goes. Uh, Okay. Jags-Colts. So Anthony Richardson was one of the bigger questions coming into this one. Pat, as far as fantasy is concerned, and honestly real life, I mean the stat line isn't gonna jump out at you. Fantasy wise, he did great. One of the only quarterbacks to yeah. surpass twenty points in week one. So if the rushing's gonna be there, he's gonna do well. You're gonna get your fair share of rookie mistakes, no question about it. But he's gonna have he's his Jameis in...
1: Winston weeks where He'll he'll
0: have those weeks, but Jameis didn't have rushing upside to make up for it. Ex- so... Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm more in on him than I uh than I was to begin. Like I said, I had to draft him really in a 16-teamer. And I am I feel good about it. Like, I feel okay about it moving forward. But that that was a very pleasant surprise. <clears throat> and speaking of just nasty-ass backfields, man. Oh, Deion baby, Jackson yes. did not look good. He fumbled twice. But, again, the usage was promising. Um, Evan Hull's on IR. Jake Funk is here to stay. Congrats, Jake Funk. And we'll see Zach Moss. But, again... <clears throat> It's okay, like if you own Deion Jackson, but don't put him in your starting lineup. Don't put Zach, Zach Moss in your starting Zach lineup.
0: Zach Moss with with Zach Moss coming back, expected to come back this week. Uh, don't start either one. Like it, I would say, you know, if you're shuffling bench spots and you have some guys that you drafted that didn't do anything week one, you got to want to get rid of them. Zach Moss is again a fine lottery ticket. Throw him sure. on the bench, yeah. see, see what he does. But no, with him coming back, Deion Jackson not looking good, and Anthony Richardson just running a shit ton himself. Stay away from this backfield unless you hate yourself. That's really all all I can say. Um, the Colts are going to be kind of a drought for fantasy value, other than Anthony Richardson. I think he's just going to kind of take it all for himself. The Jags, on the other hand, not so much. There's value to go around. So Calvin Ridley, Pat, I'm very thrilled.
1: About oh, yeah. I mean, me, I got the got him in the third real. round
0: the hype was absolutely real I mean I got this guy in the third round and he is looking like he has I mean top five potential at at his position Uh, playing with you know Trevor Lawrence an ascending quarterback and Trevor looked pretty good too uh, the one thing to take away here is something that, you know, again, the preseason kind of knocked at a little bit was Christian Kirk is probably not a fantasy asset anymore, unfortunately. He is a very good real-life asset, and should something happen to Calvin Ridley, yes, you'll probably see Christian Kirk's role change, and he'll go back yeah. to playing the outside a little bit. But he has been essentially relegated to slot work, Slop, yeah. um, and that's just not going to be a consistent yeah. Fantasy obviously, for you. obviously
1: he's out there whenever there are three wide receiver sets. And um, but you know Zay Jones looked pretty good. Evan Engram had a catch. decent day <clears throat> again. But tight ends were so desolate. So Evan Engram, in comparison, had like an okay day. But yeah, that's a that's it's tough for Christian Kirk, especially like we saw with the rapport that he had with with Lawrence and how much Doug Peterson liked him, the money they paid him. But at the end of the day, he's just not as good as Calvin Ridley. So, right. they, they're, they're going to lean on Calvin Ridley. And I just wanted to mention one other thing. Um, Tank Bigsby, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, So, first of all, I, you know, I'm a Lawrence owner, and I'm a Tank Bigsby owner. Tank Bigsby was one of my lottery picks, and like hoping that maybe he could emerge as something at some point this year. First off, the dude doinks a ball through his hands, interception pick six. So, that made me really mad. And then the Lawrence fumble, the dude is just standing there holding the football, like, dancing around. The guy just – I mean, I'm just fortunate for that because it wasn't a Lawrence fumble because that was at a point in the week where I'm like, I needed those two points. I'm like, don't you dare. And then he comes back in and gets a rushing touchdown. Like, like they still used him after that fact. Like, it was like Tank Bigsby's, like – Adventure basically was was the whole game. It's not really relevant. It was just really fucking funny, especially considering how relevant Tank Bigsby is to at least me. And I guess on that line, Travis Etienne looked pretty good. You know, um, Mm -hmm. we kind of been fading him a bit, but uh, again, eighteen carries, seventy seven yards, touchdown. You know, caught five passes. That's that's good stuff. That, that that's yeah. that's good stuff you like to see but again despite his hilarious mistakes you know you still saw Tank Bigsby get seven carries granted for 13 yards <clears throat> so but but yeah again not a not a convincing win for the Jags but they, they got the job done and they looked pretty solid doing it
0: yeah and Tank Bigsby just another guy who I think is a rookie that's going to get more and more involved as the season goes on. A hilarious start to week one. Um, I will I not just, drop him. Do not drop no, Tank at, Bigsby yet. No, definitely not. Um, look, the Travis Etienne workload was great. I think it was like something like eighty percent of the snaps he played, and, and Bigsby was just twenty or you know took some of the remainder because I guess apparently Dearness Johnson and Jamal Agnew were in the backfield too. Whatever. Yeah, Jamal Hasty
1: so, uh, was a um, healthy scratch as well. <laughs>
0: Good sign at the very least there for Tank. But, yeah, I think Tank's going to get more involved as the season goes on, and this is just a good offense that I I want pieces of. So I I like Tank, and I think eventually there will be room for both these guys to exist. (laughs) And I would say don't overreact to ETN's workload and think that that workload is safe all year. I don't believe it is personally, but it's still encouraging, and he's not going to be a guy that disappears at any point, obviously. He's going to do plenty of work.
1: And I guess tying it back into Kirk – He's not going to be what he is last year, at least. I'm not dropping Christian Kirk if I have him. Again, like you just said, this is a really good offense, and I want as many pieces as possible for now still. So don't drop him. Don't start him. I would not start mm-hmm. Christian Kirk next week unless you don't have a better option, but I think it's going to be relatively easy to find a better option. But I'm so still that, holding out my, some glimmer of hope. Here's my question for
0: you. Here's yeah. my question for you, though. You, you say don't drop him. You say don't start him. Are those not
1: literally the worst type of players to own all year? You're uh, just kind of what, waiting. That, that's what killed me last year. In a in our league last year, I dropped Garrett Wilson and Brandon Ayuk at one point because my team was just chock full of, like, can't start him, can't drop him. And yeah. God do I wish I had even just one of those guys. So, yeah, it's tough. But, again, like – it's still week one, give it a few weeks to figure it out. Like, I think this is the time of the year to do that. where like, it's acceptable to have those can't start them, can't drop them. But if we look in two, three weeks from now and say, yeah, I can't start Christian Kirk. Then, then it's kind of fair. <clears throat> yeah.
0: You've got a month until the bye weeks start hitting you. And then what, if you start to hit, hit it where, you know, bye weeks require you to pick up guys and Christian Kirk has still shown no glimmer of exactly. hope. Exactly. Like yeah, yeah, if you I, can't I start
1: Christian Kirk with injuries and buys, then you know that you, <clears throat> then you know, that he's yeah. not going to be a good asset.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Not Don't jump off the train just yet. Yeah, it's just it's definitely looking bleak, so keep an eye on it. Pat, Panthers, Falcons, NFC South, the best division <laughs> in football. <laughs> no, it's fucking not. I, I mean, okay, let's start here with the Falcons and Arthur Smith's just absolute <laughs> buffoonery. So I love him. I love him. I fucking hate this guy, Pat. I don't. Okay, first of all, <laughs> let me say this first. I'm trying to organize my thoughts because I'm so heated about Arthur Smith and the Falcons in general. First, if you drafted a Falcons pass catcher, you deserve everything you get. I warned you all, this quarterback is not that good, and Arthur Smith is a fucking bozo when it comes to playing time. He emphasized this playing time buffoonery not only with his receivers, but in his backfield. Now, I will preface this by saying Bijan Robinson will be fine. I've got he will no be fine.
1: problem with what he did in the backfield, but keep
0: going. Bijan, so here's the thing I don't have a problem with it either necessarily because I think both Bijan and. Algier are now going to have value, but I have a problem with how he how he invests draft picks. Like,
1: Oh, absolutely. You
0: take 100%. A, you take a running back now. We've already been through this with Kyle Pitts. You take him fourth overall, highest draft to tight end ever, and you don't use him. Now you draft Bijan Robinson, and while he is going to be an electric player whenever he's on the field, he's going to be on the field a lot, to be out-carried by Tyler Algier in week one, 15 to 10, and Algier was good with those carries, it's like... Why? I don't... Look, I know Algier was good. I find it hard to make the argument that those carries, the five difference between those two, would not be better served going to Bijan Robinson. That's sure. just... That's how I view it. Um, but the takeaway here is Tyler Algier has value. That's the takeaway. Uh, and see, Kyle yeah, Pitts and Drake London do
1: not. That That is the takeaway here, is that not be like, oh my God, what the hell is going on with B. John Robinson? I think this is going to be a legitimate backfield where there are going to be two guys that you can start every week. Again... <clears throat> When I start out like I've got I drafted Bijan in two leagues, I got Algier with him. I'm thinking about starting Algier this coming week, but I'm not mm-hmm. setting it and forgetting it. But if we see this kind of output again, <clears throat> then then sure. But I, I'm actually encouraged from, from from what we saw from Bijan. You know, he played he played a good amount of the snaps. He caught the ball well. He he looked great. That move he, he had two really just nasty moves yeah. on that touchdown, catch and run. <clears throat> so I'm even less worried about Bijan than I am about Jameer Gibbs. And I think that him and Tyler Algier can coexist in both. And I still think Bijan can produce what, you know, where was he getting picked as like wide receiver, wide receiver, running back three or four. I think he can still produce that in spite of Tyler Algier. So as a as a, a Bijan, someone who's invested in Bijan, I I really wasn't worried, and like honestly, we'll talk about uh, just to say about Kyle Pitts though. The talent is so there, man. It's just it's frustrating. It's it's frustrating because what he had a nice long catch and he was, it was a great catch. It was a great catch, but again, only four targets or three targets I think even was the only th- yeah three targets, two catches, forty four yards on three targets. And then I will say about Arthur Smith, the guy goes leave it to the fantasy guys, mm-hmm. my brother in Christ. If you thought that you could use anybody in this, if you thought, hey, we can do this with John U. Smith and me, Cole Hart. Um, Michael Pruitt, excuse me. If you thought you could do it with Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson, why did you use three straight top ten picks on skill draft, position
0: players? Uh, draft defensive players. Draft like their linemen, defense is like, still
1: suspect. Yeah. Their defense is still... Obviously, A.J. Terrell is fantastic, but draft... Other players, like, you are actively hurting your team. This is not the fantasy guys. You are actively hurting your team by drafting Kyle Pitts and Drake London and just not using them. They're two incredibly talented players, great prospects coming out of college, that deserve to go as high as they did. And you don't use them. And then to just, like, say, like, oh, just a fantasy guy thing. Like, stop it. Stop it! But like, notice I didn't say Bijan Robinson there because, like I said, I don't have a problem with with what he's done with Bijan Robinson. And again, this could be a case where where Robinson gets more carries as the years go, year goes on. A good sign to see Cordero Patterson is a healthy scratch. He will not be mm-hmm. a factor. Like some worry he might be a little bit. But again, if Tyler Alshieer is not rostered in your league, which I think on sleeper that he was available in like thirty percent of leagues. That's 30% too many. Yeah. Like, you need to pick up Tyler Algier if he was there. Like, if you are desperate for a running back, if you have J.K. Dobbins, you can start Tyler Algier. Like I said, I may not because I have other viable options in those positions, but, like, blow the load on Tyler Algier in week one. <laughs> He's probably the only player. We'll talk about some other good pickups, but Tyler Algier would be the only player I'd completely blow the load on. A word. And um a in word. week one here. No, I'm with you there. Right? List. I'm
0: list just to touch on Arthur Smith's "Leave It to the Fantasy Guys" comment, Drake London's gonna kill this guy if he only gets a target every game. Like to act like this is only a concern of fantasy football players, it would be one thing if this was a Super Bowl contending team because, like, then you could say, okay, you know, players make sacrifices to win whatever. And yes, they won in Week One. They beat a rookie quarterback at home. By fourteen, congratulations! Like I don't, he 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 carries himself like he's building this Super Bowl contender, and yeah. I, they're just not. Yeah, the, the Falcons are a Win good the division,
1: team. four seed, lose in the first yeah, round at all. Yeah, the
0: Falcons, the Falcons are a pretty good team. They very well may win the South, but like I don't understand this this cocky pompousness. Like it's just so weird to me. And the Bijan, look, there are definitely similarities in how. He and Pitts were both drafted, and then now not getting as many touches as you would think for the capital invested. All I would say for Bijan is, thank God he's a running back because the ball is going to be in his hands, and then you can let the fact that he's super ridiculously talented, you know, lead him to fantasy points. Kyle Pitts can't help it; he needs somebody to throw him the ball first. Um, Bijan is is good going to make plays with those touches I'll say this about Bijan and I said this you know in like leading up to drafts was I didn't understand why he was going as like RB3 or RB2 I, I felt that he was more of a six or seven this workload cements my opinion of him being six or seven because I I do think the ceiling is dampened quite a bit I would be surprised if and look running backs are probably going to get hurt it would be uh, an even bigger surprise if all of Eckler, CMC, Saquon if they all made it through all 17 games that's just the nature of football but let's say they do it would be a shock to me if Bijan outpaced those guys in fantasy points with this workload.
1: Uh, yeah, but again, I one, I wouldn't be surprised if the workload does go up a bit, especially with performance. Sure. But if one of these guys goes down, holy shit. The other one is going to fucking yeah. eat. Because
0: all Arthur Smith wants to do is run. He doesn't want to do anything else. 25 adult.
1: carries. So. They, they, they Ritter threw the ball 18 times. They carry the ball 26 times, and one of, one of them was Ritter. Ritter, Ritter ran once. so like... <clears throat>
0: Yeah, very weird. Arthur Smith is weird, but look, what we know they want to do is run the ball. If Algiers out there, go get him and avoid the pass catchers. Pat, Panthers side, don't have a lot to say. Hayden Hayden Hurst Hurst. might be a decent pickup. He scored, uh, also threw Bryce Young's first touchdown into the fucking woods, but they got it (laughs) back, so it's fine. Um, Yeah,
1: I I do like Hayden Hurst better than Hunter Henry, just from the, like we talked about usage, we talked about the volume. Um, if Bryce Young kinda gets into trouble, it seems like he's a good security blanket, more so than mm-hmm. Adam Thielen, who people kinda thought would be in that position. And again, no DJ Shark this week. There's just not a lot of stuff to, you know, there's there's targets to go around there and not a ton of guys that are really clamoring for it. So again, if you're desperate at tight end, which a lot of us are right now, I think Hayden Hurst is a really solid pickup. I actually picked him up and started him at, like, 1245 on a hunch in a league, and Mm -hmm. and I felt like a fucking genius (laughs) after doing that. But, yeah, besides that, I I honestly have nothing nothing to say, really. Miles Sanders, four yards a carry, that's fine. We'll say that if he gets hurt, Chuba Hubbard is going to be a must-start guy, but, again, that's a strict handcuff kind of deal, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Is what it is. Rookie quarterback leading a team of sort of mediocre weapons. Maybe Jonathan Mingo develops into something down the line. Didn't do a lot week one. Uh, Pat, we probably got to start flying through a couple of these games that, have, that are less interesting as That's we true. approach an hour with maybe half of the games covered. Um, Rams-Seahawks, I think, is a good one to kind of fly through. because it's puka season and i mentioned him last week i said if you you were if you were gonna go after any rams receiver take a shot on take a shot on the guy that was getting all of the preseason hype and see if it materialized and it materialized to 15 targets so absolutely in contention to be a number one waiver claim less excited
1: about tutu atwell but puka's gonna be a guy for like a month see even if cooper cup comes back who's to say that that Puka just won't be the wide receiver, too, who we've seen in the past with a guy like Robert Woods. The wide receiver, too, has some value here. But again, cups out for three more weeks. This seems ominous. He's going to see specialists. Like, this could be longer. I have the number one wide receiver claim in my league, in our league, and I have, what, I have Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Smith, and Chris Godwin. I am still using the number one claim on Puka Nakua just so somebody else can't have him. Like this, Can I I have him? the the volume oh sure, we'll be in talks um <laughs> the the vol but the volume will be great and whether or not cup comes back but I see two two at twelve is a guy pick him up sure but don't start him but he, he no. more of like if if you've got like um you know he's more going to be more of the downfield kind of you know exciting play kind of guy <clears throat> and then like. Cam Akers, man. Is there a bigger... Besides the guys that got hurt, is there a bigger loser in fantasy this week than Cam Akers? I mean, I'll answer my own question. No. 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 He... Kieran Williams was the starter. Was the clear starter. He got touchdowns. You can look and say, oh, but Akers got 22 carries. Look when they were. All garbage time. Mm. All garbage time. One very impressive showing from the Rams to to be in that position. Matthew Stafford looked great, but... um. And to get 29 yards on that. It is clear that Sean McVay does not like him right now. And that's we we talked about Cam Akers a lot of people liked Cam Akers going into the uh, in the offseason. I did as well, but like this is like DEFCON 5 already for him. Like if you're going to overreact on somebody week 1, overreact on Cam Akers. Yeah. <laughs>
0: 100 percent at least in just the near future
1: this also just screams like that hey zach evans is gonna take this backfield at some point this year but again kieran williams pick him up that was my thought too when i saw that i'm like oh i gotta use the my claim on him owned of course but like pick savvy pickup too in yeah, our league p- it was picked pick up, up like right before games yeah p- pick up kieran williams um
0: 100 percent as a bet <clears throat> against cam Akers, if nothing else um, Pat, I would say on the Seahawks side, there's not, well, let me real quick on the ramps. Matthew Stafford looked great. There oh, was no it's good to see sign of this back injury. And if, and when hopefully Cooper cup does come back, if he does come back fully healthy, Cooper cup is immediately going to be a top two fantasy receiver at the very least. Because if Stafford's looking like this, if cup can come back healthy, that connection is going to pick up right where it left off. But again, that doesn't mean Puka's value goes away. The Seahawks very underwhelming performance from them. Okay. Um, just everybody kind of underperformed. I feel like D.K. Metcalf scored a touchdown. He looked good. Um, not really much else to say. It's just kind of wait yeah. and see with them. And assume My, my expectations
1: and on these guys have not changed. They just had a down week. The Rams defense yeah. looked good. Like the like I said, the Rams were probably the surprise team of week one. They looked really good. They went out there and dominated the playoff team, right? They made the playoffs. Yeah. 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 Not, yeah not, a, dom- not a team, went dom- not a team that looked team, like they so.
0: were tanking for Caleb Williams, looking like a team that actually wants to compete. And granted – like we always say, tanking comes from the top. It's never the players on the field that are tanking. But, like, these players look like they are ready to go regardless. Uh, not, not a, a lie-down-and-die type of season for the Rams either. Uh, Pat, Packers and Bears. Packers looked very, very good. The really Jordan good. Love era I mean, is we kinda, underway. And we kind of alluded
1: to that, too, that we're like, we thought people were sleeping on them. And it looked awesome without Christian Watson as well.
0: Yeah, they looked really good, so when they get Watson back, who knows? Uh Aaron Jones went off. I mean, he got his, his semi his bi weekly hammy injury, but apparently is good enough. he will probably play next yeah. week. He yeah. said he could have come back into
1: that game if need be, but there was again, no need. Yeah. If if he's out, I guess A. J. Dillon, but again, he's just so inefficient, dude. New London Connecticut represent, by the way. But I'm, <clears throat> um so inefficient, like thirteen for nineteen. He was like that again last year. But we, I loved it, you know. Aaron Jones is one of my favorite guys coming into it. I own a good amount of Aaron Jones, and very happy. Like he's probably the second happiest I am about any of the guys that I was sort of in on heading into the heading into the season. So, um, I forgot what I was talking about mid mid sentence there. That that's embarrassing. Well, the uh, Aaron Jones, but yeah, I think when Watson comes back, Luke Musgrave had good usage. That was also good to see. But, like, once you get a healthy Romeo Dobbs, once you get Christian Watson back, I think this offense is just going to work even more. I think Jordan Love has really entered the conversation at the very least as a streamer. But I think he could even, he could even, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities for him to exceed that.
0: Well, I'll say if that was an unhealthy Romeo Dobbs, he could have fooled me because two touchdowns, even though it was only four catches for 26 yards, he looked very good as a what what will eventually be a compliment to Christian Watson and not you know sort of a number one target in that offense. They looked really good on the other side. The Bears looked far less good. Uh, the the backfield is disgusting. This is not apparently a Khalil Herbert or bust situation like we thought it may be at one point in the preseason. Um, other guys are involved, including Deonta Foreman.
1: The so one thing, though, again, Roshan Johnson mostly was in when they were losing. It was sure. basically all sure. Herbert and Foreman. But, again, this just screams that it's going to be Roshan Johnson's backfield when it gets down to it. So I guess if you've got Khalil Herbert, ride him for now. I wouldn't start him probably because there was Foreman. And, obviously, again, what, Justin Fields carried the ball nine times as well. <clears throat> so yep. just ugly, which was, again, kind of looked like one of the uglier outlooks heading into it. But but yeah and then none of the Bears receivers look very good DJ Moore man. Oh poor man. fucking DJ Moore man.
0: It's never going to happen for this guy, is it? I mean, DJ Moore, it was something like a 5% target share. Like, that is not what you traded for this guy to do. And, look, I understand this was a game that the, the Bears came out and the Packers went up on them big, and you got to play from behind. So I understand the running game suffering, but there's no excuse for DJ Moore to be targeted, what was it, two
1: times in this Six percent target share on two a targets. 94% route participation. That's horrible. Yeah,
0: that's that's insanity. I mean, Darnell Mooney got seven targets. He looked pretty decent. He scored a touchdown. Uh, Cole Komet got seven targets. Roshan Johnson got seven targets. Again, a lot of that was was toward the end of the game. But yeah, it just that's not what you trade for DJ Moore to do. I think and look, maybe this is just too much optimism as a Justin Fields owner, but I'm I'm a Justin Fields owner because I believed in him. I don't believe in him because I'm a Justin Fields owner. Like, this is a guy that coming into the year, I had a lot of faith in before our fantasy draft or anything like that, and I think he'll figure it out. I think this team will figure it out. Receiving-wise, DJ Moore, I'm not as certain. I'm I am certain there will be more than two targets most weeks. Uh, but I just don't know if he's going to be a reliable guy because, again, we just haven't seen that out of him ever. And Justin Fields, even if he takes a, a baby step forward as a passer, it doesn't mean it'll be a big enough step to support DJ Moore on a week-to-week basis. Justin Fields' owners, including myself, talk to myself here, I think we will be all right. Um, everything else is, is a little bit in flux, so we'll have to see how the Bears bounce back in week two against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and speaking of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they beat the Vikings in week one the fraudulent Vikings came to play in true fraudulent Viking fashion Kirk running up the stats Jefferson running up the stats and
1: yet they still choke on there the is ball. no reason they should have lost that game with those hideous turnovers and still nearly winning the game just a bad bad just a bad bad loss and again like last year that's a game the Vikings would have pulled out of their ass <clears throat> And again, exactly. the Bucks just look mid, very, very mid. Mm-hmm. Defense looks I mean, good. I mean, that's the Bucks' way. Defense, defense looks pretty good. They still can't fucking run the ball. Like, <laughs> yeah. they still cannot run the ball. So, if you've got, I mean, Mike Ed, Evans had a nice game. Godwin, you know, uh, mid, basically. <clears throat> but um, I, I feel like the hope is there because what Rashad White seven, Jesus, thirty nine yards on seventeen carries. That's not good. That's that's not good. So like. If you've got a Bucks pass catcher, hold out hope just for that, that they are going yeah. to be. But I'm not super excited. You know, as, like, I am a Chris Godwin owner. He's on my bench in the leagues I have him in. So it's like, that's okay. But, like, I'm not super-duper high on them right now. Yeah,
0: I will say this game featured probably two of the running backs that I have been the lowest on um, throughout the draft process and leading into the season, and neither one did anything to quell those worries. I see so many people talking about Rashad White's usage, and it's like, oh, buy low this, buy low that. If you don't don't do anything with your usage you're not gonna keep that
1: usage all here exactly. like yeah I, this, exactly. that's why
0: it's not it's not a panic situation on Rashad White because he very well may get another 17 carries next week and rip it for 120 yards and a touchdown exactly. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's cooked I'm just saying for you to assume that this usage is a reason that he's a buy low and is definitely gonna you know bounce back like Pat, I, I texted you that it might be a premature end to Sean Tucker's season. I've, I've talked myself into keeping him for at least another week and seeing that's what fair. happens. Because I just don't believe that Rashad White is all that good. I don't believe that Alexander Madison is all that good, although he did end up scoring a touchdown, which is part of his appeal, right? Because there's just not a lot of guys yeah, in this backfield. still going to be so, a good offense
1: as well. So he's going
0: to get opportunities, and that offense is definitely going to score more than the Tampa offense over the course of a season, we assume. I mean, you've really got
1: to score it Jordan Addison looked good. Uh, was mm-hmm. very out, um, not performed, out participated Snapped. by KJ Osborne. Yes, but I think that that's only going to get more and more. You know, and he's going to get more and more involved in that very offense. Very reminiscent, and he Jefferson good for what, being what he did. behind BC Johnson. <clears throat> if you remember that from a Ex- couple exactly, years ago. I, yeah, I don't know if it'll be that. I mean, I think KJ Osborne's KJ Osborne's a bit of a better player than all the BC Johnson ever was. But <clears throat> where's BC at? What's he up to right now? But, yeah, let's see. But, um, again, we've been saying some names today. <laughs> BC John free agent, so he's probably working at a Cracker Barrel or something. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, yeah, yeah again, uh, Hawkinson, eight catches. That's fantastic on nine, nine targets. Didn't do anything with them. Story of the week yeah. for tight ends. But, again, the Vikings, I do expect better weeks from them in the future. But this game was theirs for the taking, and they didn't fucking take it because they're the Vikings.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the, my big takeaway as a Jordan Addison owner as well is that that takeover is coming. Uh, again, KJ Osborne will not disappear, but I think Addison sooner than later is going to be weekly either flex, lock, or, or wide receiver two even consideration.
1: Oh, wow, uh, okay. With- <clears throat>
0: Whether it happens this week or not, I don't know. The Eagles did just get torched by Kendrick Bourne. Um, I don't really know what to make of that, truthfully. But yeah. we'll, uh, I, I'm not starting Jordan Addison just yet on this here Thursday night I football wouldn't game. I would not either. But hey, pretty soon, I think he's going to be a, a definite start for your fantasy team. Pat, Titans Saints probably Ew. the grossest matchup of the week. The even Titans before are the, the Falcons, but worse. Yeah, I mean that's look. Arthur Smith got everything he knows from the from the Titans from his time in Tennessee, and uh, yeah, they're just they're. They're the Falcons, but fucking old is what they are. And Ryan Tannehill did not look good. Uh, the fantasy, you know, notes from this game 13 targets for DeAndre Hopkins, so the volume was absolutely there. In a PPR league, he's probably going to be a pretty reliable play for as long as he's healthy. I just, again, I, I'm not super optimistic on him from a. Uh, Uh, Just like scoring touchdowns. I just don't think this offense is going to be that good. Probably the most confusing note from this game was that Tajay Spears outsnapped Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry has only played fewer snaps in two other games over the past three seasons. So very weird here. I don't think it's a sign of things to come. Don't look into it, yeah. Not a sign of things to come. And I mean, look, the Titans... They're, they're a weird team. Um, TyJay Spears is definitely a guy you want to throw on your bench if he's not already owned in your league just to kind of see what happens. But, yeah, I'm not worried about Derrick Henry, just an outlier game. It, this is this was my point about when to overreact in week one. It's like these outlier games happen all throughout the year. They're just more nerve-wracking when they happen in of week course. one. Of course. Because you're like, is this a sign of, of what the whole season's going to be? Whereas if it happens in week seven, you're like, okay, it was just this happens to every stud basically in the league. They have a shitty yeah. game or yeah, a game where the game – implant took Don't them worry off about the it. field and stuff like that. No, Henry will be fine. Even despite being outsnapped by Ty J. Spears, Derek Henry outtouched Ty J. Spears 17 to 4, so he'll be just fine. Um and then, and then on, on the other, other side, side, Chris, A- Chris Alave... Chris oh okay, whatever. Carr okay. Yeah. Chris, but- yeah, Der- Derek Carr looked pretty decent. Um Chris Alave, though is that guy. I mean he's taking out. that step forward. Pat's pal, Chris Olave, taking that step forward. Uh, I think it was like eight catches for 112 yards. So definitely going to be in the, the wide receiver one conversation here week to week. Pat, a guy that I talked about, and I mean, we'll see if he can survive yeah. the first month of the year. But Michael Thomas is not dead yet. Yeah, look solid. I, in, in PPR leagues, again, he's a guy you're going to be able to flex pretty comfortably. Derek Carr seemed like to start this game only through at Michael Thomas, and yeah. then kind of leveled out as the game went along. Uh, but Michael Thomas looking. Maybe not like his old self, but like 80% of his old self was just still pretty damn good. And then Rashid Shahid. I'll Why be honest, Pat. I did not think this guy was going to keep doing this this year. Like he was last year just popped up with big play after big play. And it's like this has to end at some point, right? Rashid Shahid's not going to keep doing this shit. And he's doing this shit. It's like I, I feel like he's a guy I don't know how to approach him in fantasy because he's not going to be anything better than their third target
1: um, and he fourth, usage but, is not good either. U- yeah. Usage was not good to begin with. What he was only playing, he was only uh, yeah he only ran like sixty six percent of routes compared to <clears throat> compared to Olave's eighty four percent and Thomas's ninety two. So like. Nothing more. Again, the guy is electric. We saw it last year even. And he got a couple carries, too, obviously. No Condre Miller. No Alvin Kamara, of course. <clears throat> but but Jamal Williams did nothing with those carries again. So this still, barring a huge change, this is still going to be Alvin Kamara's backfield when he does return. <clears throat> but, yeah. again, just this game was just blah. Just a blasé game. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, and Alvin Kamara returning will also you know, probably take some of those targets away from a guy like Rashid Jahid because the backfield was only targeted two times in this game to Jamal Williams. Uh, when Kamara comes back, I mean, he's going to be a guy that commands probably five to seven targets a game. Um, Pat, moving on here to Cardinals Commanders. <laughs> Gross! <laughs> so your, your note here is just, these teams stink, which is fair. Um, the Commanders were a team, and still are a team, that I kind of like, but that offensive line is just not going to make life easy for mm anybody on that team. Um, Sam Howell looked pretty decent. Jahan Dotson underwhelmed. Brian Robinson, though, had a pretty nice game.
1: My only concern about Brian Robinson is just that was a positive game script for them. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're in the lead, I could see there being games that, you know, when that's not the case, when they're trailing, which, again, I don't think they're very – they're not bad, but they're not great. Games that could be trailing, could see some more Antonio Gibson. But at least the positive thing is, you know, Gibson got three carries to Robinson's 19 and then obviously, um, and then even Gibson only got one target compared to Robinson. I believe Robinson had only had two, but granted, one of them was a touchdown. I did start Brian Robinson in one league. Was happy to see that. <clears throat> but um, yeah, again, I think it's going to be game script, but I think it's definitely. Um, Positive sign, you know. I think people might have over uh, over undersold, excuse me, undersold Brian Robinson's receiving ability because they kind of just viewed him as this bigger guy. Antonio Gibson was literally a a wide receiver at some point, but I, I think Robinson has some some value in that in that aspect as well.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And in the preseason, too, these guys were kind of split, like splitting doing everything. It wasn't like one, you know, you would expect Antonio Gibson to be more involved in the receiving game while maybe Brian Robinson takes more of the rushing. They were kind of splitting both pretty equally. And so the fact that in the first game of the year, Brian Robinson massively outtouches Antonio Gibson is definitely something to uh, take note of here. And then
1: Pat (laughs) Zacherts on the Cardinals. Only thing thing worth mentioning. uh, Again, tight ends are bad. Pick him up if you want. Um, usage is good. But, again, look what he did with the usage. I mean, 10, tar- yeah, Erdson, 10 six targets, six catches, Six 21 for yards. 21. That's so bad. It's, it's, that is so bad. And, I mean, my boy Trey McBride was a little involved there, too. But, like, obviously Hollywood will be back as well. But, oh, no, he is back. Excuse me. He did play. You, exactly. I forgot he played. That was how I'm <laughs> um, – Ugly, ugly, ugly offense, and 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 I don't know if I want any pieces of that. I don't know if I want any pieces of that, but again, I guess if you need a tight end, you know, maybe you hope Zach Ertz can do a little more. With, um, can do a little more with that. I will say the Cardinals did look better than I thought. You know, they, they put up a fight. You know, they don't look like the automatic number one overall pick, but it still probably will be, but, um, not nearly as automatic. So, you know what? Good on you, Cardinals. You, you, you put up a respectable showing.
0: Yeah. Well, Ew. We'll see what happens when they face a team. We'll see what happens when they face a team with uh, you know, a better offensive line that doesn't let them get pressure all the time. Yeah, picking up any pass catchers or targeting pass catchers on the Cardinals is just a rough bet when you've got Josh Dobbs throwing to them. So I'm probably staying away, and that's as somebody who is actively searching for a good tight end to go after. But six catches for 21 yards does not move me, especially in a non PPR no. league. Pat 49ers Steelers, one of the more, I guess, surprising results to me, because I thought the Steelers would take this step forward. They very well still may. They just didn't get off to hot start here in week one. Um, The 49ers blew out the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Brock Purdy is good. We have no more concerns about this. This is no longer a question. The seventh rounder out of Arizona State, did I get that right? Iowa State, I, right I believe. Iowa State, you're right. Got the colors mixed up. I was like, that doesn't sound right. Uh, Brock Purdy, maroon the seventh round. Yeah, mis- that's, that's... Yeah, okay. <laughs> mar- maroon and mustard state. Brock Purdy is good, and he's going to be a matchup dependent, I think, fantasy option at quarterback. But more importantly, he's going to be a guy that will support these other weapons around him very effectively. Brandon Ayuk, monster. I mean, he's the guy that we hoped he would be now, Um, this, that offense basically played out exactly how I... like. Not to say I called that Brandon Ayuk would have two touchdowns and be the best wide receiver of week one, but it played out how I would expect it to, where Debo Samuel is just it's sort of inconsistent, but he used in a multitude of ways. George Kittle had one of his classic down games, and he'll probably score two touchdowns next week. But then McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk are going to be guys that I think week to week, for the most part, McCaffrey every single week, but Ayuk, for the most part, you are going to get...
1: He's Pretty good start. production from yeah. I, I looking back, I, I should have really looked at my teams before I picked my Pat's pals because I own Brandon Ayuk in four of my five teams. I yeah. not, and, and of course, the one that I didn't in our league, I was facing him, so I was mm. like, part of me was like, yes, and then I was like, no, and yeah, then of you had course, Tyree I, kill, it's fine. I ended up winning <laughs> regardless, so all's well then Enzo. But yeah, man, Brandon Ayuk is is so legit. You know, I still think people kind of look past, look too much into that being him being in the doghouse to start two seasons ago. But he was great in his rookie year before that, and he was really good to end last year, and I think he is just going to take off, and I think he is going to be the clear number one wide receiver on a very, very good offense. Granted, a run-first offense, but a very, very good offense. Speaking of run-first, Elijah Mitchell, non-factor. You know, obviously, Mm -hmm. he was getting a lot of carries with McCaffrey towards the end of the year last year. People, including me, thought, hey, you know, maybe there'd be a chance he'd get a decent amount of carries. At least based on this week, it seems like the value is just not there. And um, the Steelers, who's funnier than Melvin Gordon to bring up right now than your boy, Allen Robinson? Oh, Um, for fuck's sake, man. Eight targets, 64% led the team in targets, target share, all that. And no more Deontay Johnson. Allen Robinson is going to be a starting wide receiver on this team. And I hate to say it, but like... No. If you pick him up, that's mm. – don't start him. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Don't start the dude. But if you want to pick him up, it's it's fair. But, again, this offense did not look good. George Pickens d- didn't look very good on seven targets. But, again, I don't really think it was his fault. Kenny Pickett was getting swarmed. Nick Bosa was swarming him like it was fucking January 6th, man. So, he um, – <laughs> oh, God, there's our – we're going to – there's uh, our first no. woke – it's <laughs> the first time we're gonna be the woke liberal bench mob. That's a, that's my team name, by the way. It's a great <clears> team <throat> but, uh, name. He he couldn't do a thing, so maybe that'll look better, but <laughs> Alan Robinson, man. I I'd, forgot. would rather take the, a dark We throw didn't on mention Austin. his name in the preseason when talking about like no. we literally like intentionally like mentioned him just to mention we were skipping him when yeah. we talked about the Steelers a month or so ago. <laughs> i
0: I'd, I'd rather take a stab at Calvin Austin, if anything, with Deontay Johnson Deeper, now, just to see yeah. what happens. Sure. Because uh, either way, either way, you shouldn't be starting any of these guys. But yeah, Deontay Johnson is going to be out for what looks to be, honestly, an extended period of time. This does not look At like a minor a hamstring injury. So George Pickens may take an even bigger load than we expected. Pause. Uh, Pat Friermuth as well. But yeah, this team, don't let it be lost that they face the 49ers defense. Like, no, they did not look good. But <clears throat> Excuse me. I think they will be much better going forward and I that agree. Could be as early as week 2. So, don't panic on the Steelers offense. I might panic a little on Najee Harris cuz I didn't like him to begin with, but they had exactly. to completely abandon the run, 6 carries for 31 yards. We'll see what he can do with an actual workload. Um, let's see. We've got the Raiders and the Broncos. Oh god. The most exciting game of the week for sure. The Broncos are just addicted to scoring sixteen points, and it's like the most gross point total you could. Pi- Stop showing off your expired it's, Derek Carr. No, it's
1: Aiden O'Connell. Uh, Aiden yeah, O'Connell.
0: Yeah, I, I, I bet Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, you have to get a nice new stitching job for that to be Aiden O'Connell. He'll be the starting quarterback by week eight. But Jimmy G didn't look too bad, so maybe not. Uh, Jacoby Myers, honestly, the biggest star of this game, I think, other than before Javonte he Williams. got absolutely shellacked. Yeah, that was a scary hit. Um, Jacoby Myers. Is in concussion protocol, I would say, very much questionable for
1: this week. The thing um, I will say, though, is he's he's like, that looks good. you've got to look into Devontae Adams was on Pat Sertan Island and he yeah. was fucking locked down. So that may not be the case, you know, but it's clear that Myers fits what Josh McDaniels wants to do. He obviously fits the Jimmy G kind of thing. What's the thing they realized? What he only had two touchdowns with the Patriots and then he mm. has two touchdowns in the first half against yeah. uh, with with the Raiders so definitely another guy to pick up but hope, you know we'll hope you know I would be surprised if he's out there this week but the other thing that's positive about him no sign of Hunter Renfro no sign of Austin Hooper no sign of uh, Meyer no sign of anybody else really besides Adams and Jacoby Myers so yeah I, I like Jacoby Myers going forward um, but again, this was another game. Just not a lot to take away, except Javante Williams. He looked healthy and he looked pretty good. He looked pretty good.
0: Yeah, Javante Williams, a guy that I generally avoided. Um, just all of the injury news was scary, and I was like, "There's just better bets to take than a guy coming in his first season off of a torn ACL." And, I really and liked other him, but then nonsense.
1: the his ADP started to get, he he out he exceeded my ADP for him. So, but. But yeah, it was good yeah. to see, and I think he's only he's only gonna get stronger as um as the year goes on.
0: Yeah, he said his knee felt better as that game went along, so you assume you know that will be the case. Um, and then one guy that kind of popped onto the radar last minute was Jaleel McLaughlin, not involved
1: at all in the backfield. Maybe yeah. that changes going forward. But and speaking now, of Marvin Mims, was also <coughs> not really involved. Factor. Our boy so Greg for- Dulcich is hurt. Yeah Greg Dulcich
0: is hurt Adam Troutman Some semi of Semblance of a dart throw If you want it tight end I'm not doing it Because again He's just not very good And even this week There are But we've
1: talked about Hunter Henry We've talked about Hayden Hurst Zach Ertz Those are three guys That should be on your Waiver wire That you should absolutely Go get before you think About a guy like Adam Troutman 100% And then Pat Sunday night
0: football Cowboys (laughs) Giants Um, (laughs) What what the the fuck fuck? Yeah, Yeah, That was good (laughs) That was was good I have no idea what I was watching. I mean, I know that the Cowboys roster is better than the Giants. We knew that going in, right? We also knew that the Giants have some pretty impressive coaching. They've got some good talent. They've got Darren Waller. They've got Saquon Barkley out there. Forty to nothing was basically the last thing I anticipated from this team. So trying to create any sort of takeaways fantasy-wise is almost impossible. I'd like in to such apologize an to the game. Bengals
1: because they looked worse.
0: <laughs> yeah. The Giants, I mean, they're the only team that didn't score in week one. At least the Bengals chipped in a field goal with Evan McPherson. But I, I think the only thing you can take away from fantasy, because otherwise it's just an outlier for everybody else, is the Cowboys defense is really good. Stout. <laughs> And Stout. if you can start them in fantasy, you probably should in pretty much any matchup other than a really, really negative one against, like, the Chiefs or a team like that. But guess what, Pat? They get to play Zach Wilson this week. So mm. it's trouble. It's big trouble
1: yeah. out here. And I just quick, quick, quick aside story. A league I finished last in last year, um, you know, we get paid out for the highest point total. So I had, like, 140 points, full PPR. They're like, oh, you know, the last place guy looks like he's going to be the highest scorer not only was I not the highest scorer, I lost because of the Cowboys' defense. Oh, no. Not only do I not get the $15, I lost. That's the one league I lost in this week, too. So, uh, yeah. So, But, again, can't be too butthurt. Also, Pat's pal Tony Pollard looked great with the workload. Obviously, the game script was incredibly, incredibly favorable. Obviously, then he did not play at all. It seems Rico Dowdle is the next guy in that backfield. But, even if Tony Pollard, something were to happen to Tony Pollard, it seems like they would almost surely go out and add someone to that backfield. And, again, it's hard to tell. Again, hard to have fantasy takeaways for the pass catchers just because, like, <clears throat> yeah. they didn't really have to do anything. They didn't play at all no. in the second half. So come back to us, uh, come back to us next week for more uh, uh, stellar analysis on these two teams here.
0: Yeah, our analysis on the Cowboys other than their defense and Tony Pollard is – Dak Prescott 13 for 24 for 143 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Cause again, he didn't have to, do he didn't have shit. to do so a fucking thing. It, it's, yeah. it's hard to tell, um, you know, after a year where he led the league in interceptions and said, that's not happening again this year. Like we don't know if he's off to a good start or not. I mean, I guess he is. There's no interceptions on his, on his ledger, but there's nothing else either. So we'll have to see what happens with these two teams when they play, uh, an actual competitive game next week, both of them <laughs> and Pat the jets and the bills. RIP to Aaron Oh, Rodgers. wait, I He's remembered
1: another Achilles tear.
0: Oh, that's right. It was Aaron Rod. Man. No, that, that's right. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers goes down with a torn Achilles on that godforsaken MetLife turf. Just four snaps into his Jets career. And this very well may be a career ender, not just a season ender. I mean, the guy is is Going to be 40 next so, year. Um, you know, it, it's not a good scene. And Pat, we mentioned, you, know, you talked about how is there any other bigger loser in week one? uh non injury related for themselves than Cam Akers. I think Garrett Wilson's a really close second because Garrett Wilson now seemingly has to play all season with Zach Wilson. The Jets are exploring quarterback options, but Robert Sala says it's for depth and that this is Zach Wilson's team. I, I, I will say I, I don't he, think that's something he'd outright lie about. He did
1: look decent. to To be fair, he he looked okay. Probably one of the be- better he looked. And Garrett Wilson still got a touchdown. But yeah, I would say uh, outside of Cam Akers get well, especially for where Garrett Wilson's going. You know, like in some PPR leagues, even Garrett Wilson's going like late first, early second, right yeah. around the turn, and <clears throat> that's a huge, huge hit to his value. And I, I you know, this is just I I don't like Aaron Rodgers pers- Like like him no, the way either. he acts. He's probably yeah. one of my least favorite guys in the league but this just sucks, man. This sucks so bad. You know, all the hype surrounding it. You know, this is a future Hall of Famer, you know, probably the best quarterback, well, at least right now, not named Tom Brady that, you know, that we've gotten to watch for the last 15, 20 years. And it's just a a fucking shame that that quickly, and for those fans that have been through so much, just absolute garbage. Now you got Colin Kaepernick, Joe Flacco, and RG3. Pleading to be their next quarterback, you know your Zach Wilson knows he is bad. If you've got fucking RG three on NFL Live saying that he should be the new starting quarterback yeah. for the New York Jets, but uh, I, I absolutely you know, and then like Carson Wentz, like I'd rather start Zach Wilson than Carson Wentz because at least Zach Wilson's like young, like you know knows, maybe there's some, maybe the there's some unta- already there's some untapped potential maybe, but like just a, a brutal. In the, again, the only silver lining fantasy wise, Brees Hall. Yeah, Brees Hall. the guy looked amazing. I, you know, Brees he had Hall, that nice touches. Didn't eighty three yard run again. It looked like he ran out of gas. Oh, Eli was roasting him on the He Goes, oh, this guy's out of shape. He's out of shape. Which like, <laughs> yeah, he probably is. Guys coming off, fresh off a torn a torn ACL. Like, yeah, he probably doesn't have you know the, that kind of ending burst there, but. Just to see him be able to do that this closely removed to it, it was great to see. But again, I don't know what to think about this outside of um outside of Brees Hall. Even even the way this affects Brees Hall, because that offense could yeah. just be taking a, a a sharp turn. Like obviously like I, I said I didn't believe in the Jets, but I, I can't even take the dub on that because this is not this is not the way that I want it right. to be correct. But they, they yeah, won the I, game, I, so like
0: yeah, I mean maybe it's not it's not all over for the Jets, but I I think it's
1: basically all over for the Jets if I'm being. Real I mean their sick. defense is fantastic. Their defense is I'll fantastic. They also Stephon Diggs got through that and looked good and still yeah. had his good game, but like the Bills have nobody behind him. I mean yeah. again Dalton. We talked about Dalton Kincaid. The usage was great. The participation was great. You'd think the production's gonna get there, but at least from an optics perspective, like good. Like um, yeah. like um, it's it, it's a good sign. But if you're a Stephon Diggs owner, which I am in a couple leagues, you got to be really fucking happy because this is a good offense, and there is nobody really that's gonna eat into his his workload significantly. No, not expecting
0: a Khalil Shakir breakout anytime soon. But yeah, the Jets defense is very good. Uh I just. Look, maybe Zach Wilson will prove me wrong. Maybe Rogers taught him everything he knows now, and he, he's just going to be ready to carry the load all season long. But I just bring I him don't. all the milfs. Bring bring him the milfs. That's where he gets his power from. Uh, but yeah, if you're a Zach, if you're a Zach Wilson truther, then good luck. Uh, but I think the Jets <laughs> are probably. Chance probably out of contention for this division if i if i had any say in it and then yeah the bills i, I think you touched on pretty much everything the only thing i am taking away from it as a fantasy owner is james cook look really good so i'm hoping that he kind of unleashes things on uh, on your raiders this week pat that, that's that's what i'm hoping for because i am uh-uh. starting him i am uh-uh. starting him uh-uh. now after the usage this past week
1: uh yeah, wow. yeah it'll get better with better matchups jeff jets are going to be one of the more stout matchups that that they see so yeah I'm I'm on the same page with James Cook yeah
0: I was gonna say wow we got through every game in an hour and 27 minutes we got a couple minutes here for viewer questions so at this one coming from Ben Grizz he says as a fellow Fields drafter who is your favorite QB to pick up if Fields doesn't perform look there's really nobody that you're gonna find that has the sort of general floor that Fields is gonna have I think this 14 or so point performance is one look the, the league-wide quarterback rust that we saw, I'm not really ready to think it's anything other than that. Again, even if he doesn't take the step forward this year as a passer that we you know, hope he can, um, he's just going to do enough with his legs that it doesn't matter. I don't think you're going to be at a point where you need to pick up another quarterback. If you feel like you want to, uh, I mean, again, Brock Purdy could be an insurance yeah. type of guy, um, but otherwise, I'm just Brock Purdy's not going to run like Justin Fields is. Just Justin though he Fields, does run a,
1: little. he can move. He though. does. He's, he's, not he's devoid no, of of rushing. You're not upside, wrong about that. Nowhere near.
0: Yeah, it's the type of rushing upside you get with a guy like Trevor Lawrence or like what Andrew Luck used to do or Prime Joe Aaron Burrow kind Yeah,
1: like, yeah, exactly. yeah,
0: They're mobile. They're not statues, but it, Justin Fields is a different level. So don't don't worry about it. Uh, talk to me in like Two weeks if we're still, you yeah, know, Justin again, Fields is averaging 14 points
1: a game. Yeah, a- agreed. You know, keep going with Justin Fields. But if you're really worried and you want to get ahead of the game, another guy, Jordan Love, we talked about Jordan Love. Sure. We we only expect him to get better with, yeah. you know, uh, healthy Romeo Dobbs and a healthy Christian Watson. But a, a really good start, I think, either of those guys. But again, I do think you're going to need to go get them now because I do think they yeah, are not going to true. be long for the waiver wire, especially with bye weeks coming, especially with – you know, in the way injuries happen. Uh, you know, if you were an Aaron Rodgers owner, you know, if you're a Kirk Cousins owner, and you already want to blow your brains out, like, like the, those are guys. But you got to do, you got to do it now.
0: And both, ironically and unironically, you know, what, no, I think I'm just going to say this is unironically. Mac Jones, look what he just did against the Eagles. Like, he, I don't, I don't know that he's going to be a consistent week to week starter for you in fantasy. He probably won't be, but like, this, that was everything we could have hoped for and more from a performance from him and yeah. been, like, in a tough matchup.
1: I'm not ready to declare it yet, but, like, he, he's, he's, he's on the radar. He's, he's getting there, yeah. but I'm not ready to put him with, the, like, Love and Purdy, who sure. I think are probably the best guys to add right now. Definitely fair.
0: And then, finally, I have the first waiver pick, and I'm thin at running back. Do I go Nakua, Gainwell, or Kelly? Uh, if you're thin at running back, I'm just going to go ahead and eliminate Puka from that equation because you're obviously targeting a running back, and those are two very good running back targets. Oh, wow. um, relax. That, so you've got Kenneth Gainwell or Josh Kelly. That's a really interesting question. Um, I think I would. Mm, I don't know, Pat. I, I think I'd go.
1: I think I'd go Josh Kelly. By a little, I would too. I would too. I, would too. I think. I think his upside far supersedes uh, Kenneth Gainwell. I mean, especially if Austin Eckler is hurt, he is the lead back. Then there, you know, obviously we might see some Isaiah Spiller or whoever, but he would go straight into that Austin Eckler workload. But I think also the fact that even if Eckler plays, I think Kelly is going to have a role in this offense. Not a huge one. But again, I'm not a huge believer in Gainwell long term. Like, again, if you're like saying to yourself, like, I'm thin on running back and I need to win this week, maybe Gainwell. But also, Mm -hmm. because again, you're just gambling on Eckler's health. And that's the thing is that a lot of leagues do Wednesday waivers, our league does Thursday. And I actually prefer that because you at least get to see the Wednesday practice report because that's a good indicator like if you if you see like hey austin eckler didn't practice on wednesday you know claim josh kelly go for it but you you're not going to know that for sure if you have your waivers And I remember guys central uh, get your waivers in for tonight um <clears throat> but yeah so it's hard to say like if you know you know if this it's a little more clear on eckler but i definitely if, if you're looking at like a c guy that's going to help you season long i, I prefer joshua kelly
0: yeah, it is a very, very close call. I mean, Gainwell's behind the better O line and and has, I guess, less competition, but also more more bodies, but less talented competition. Uh, and I think Josh Kelly is uh, he was a guy I kind of had on my radar before the season, so I'm gonna just stick with it now because Gainwell, even with that news that popped up, you know, about him being the lead dog, I, it didn't move me all that much, and he didn't, he wasn't. Crazy good in week one, whereas Josh Kelly kind of was. So I'd go with Josh Kelly. Guys, that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. Again, this will not be game-by-game game recap every week. We'll kind of narrow it down to the fantasy headlines. But we had to kind of lay the groundwork here of the season because we didn't know what any of these teams were going to look like. We had our suspicions, but now we've got actual evidence.
1: But we promise we'll talk about the Giants and the Cowboys, though. We promise. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So, all right, Pat. Great show. Great show. Now we've got football, and the show
1: sheet's going to be a lot easier to put together going forward, so I'm Thank very excited. God. No more <laughs> stupid drafts where we're taking high school musical and all this other nonsense.
0: That was a great fucking pick, and I won't hear
1: anything about it. I'm glad. You, in terms of engagement, that was a phenomena. That could not have been a better pick. They call me content daddy.
0: All right. That'll do it for this episode of Off the Bench. For Pat Gustafson, I'm Brandon Carney. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.